0: Hello everyone and uh, welcome to another Legends podcast here on Eurosport. Uh, I'm Max Vilander, and I'm joined by my good friend Boris Becker. Boris uh, is standing in front of the center court at Wimbledon and it looks full, which I don't think is possible. Anyway, how are you Boris? I am
1: good, yes. It's my favorite tournament and I thought as a backdrop, I have to keep reminding what we are going to be missing this summer because Wimbledon has been cancelled, as we all know.
0: That looks like, in, uh, when I played at Wimbledon, there was social distancing because so few people came and watched me play on grass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it would have been okay. We are, we are also joined by um, Unz Jaber from Tunisia, um, 25 years old. You had a great Australian Open, made your first quarterfinals this year, beat Caroline Bosniaki. Uh, it's a pleasure having you here. Ernst, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you for having me, guys. Uh, it's nice talking to you, and uh, it's, uh, it's an honor, honestly.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. thank you
2: speaking about, have, about uh, me
1: now. Which, which, uh...
2: <laughs> For
1: both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Correct answer. And Noah. Noah Rubin, um, 24 years old, New York City born, I believe, lives in New York City uh you turned pro 2015 you won junior wimbledon in 2014 um and very interested to hear your thoughts noah but first thank you for joining us
3: no thank you for having me it's uh, not easy for my ego to be by far the worst tennis player on this podcast right now so <laughs> but i'm happy to be out here
0: that's all right. That's what it's like to be a professional tennis player. It's a, it's a tough lifestyle. Um, but first of all, I'm going to go uh, and straight away and, and say you guys are both in New York City, maybe for different reasons. But, uns, if we start with you, how come you ended up in New York City right now in these strange times?
2: Well, honestly, after the engine was, I, um, we went to Miami uh, since everything was open there. And we... We could practice at least for a week, um, but then we had some friends in here in New York and it was probably easier to, uh, to take the flight from New York to, through Europe and uh, go back to Tunis. Um, we waited for the borders kind of to open uh, in, in France since our flight is uh, through France, uh, but apparently it's getting more and more complicated. And um, now we are trying to catch a flight to, uh, to Paris uh, and then uh, we're trying with the government in Tunisia Let's see if there is a flight from Paris to Tunis uh, since it's very close. Um, now let's see, I mean, maybe I'm here for a reason. I'm enjoying New York a little bit, uh, not crowded for sure. Uh, was running a little bit in Central Park at the beginning, uh, but now I didn't, I'm didn't. i starting to stay home more because <laughs> I got a little bit scared of a lot of people like running at the same time. Uh, plus everybody runs really good here. So I stayed home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anse, uh, uh that's been a couple of weeks ago now, I believe, uh, since the yeah. lockdown has started Are you surrounded by friends, family, siblings? Who, who's with you?
2: Uh, my husband, who's with, with me, who's also my fitness coach uh, that's, so, That comes uh, <laughs> in handy <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to survive some <laughs> of exercises um, Yeah, I mean, uh, at least I'm lucky enough to be with him um not f- 24 hours but let's see how it goes for the la- last days <laughs> um good. yeah well i mean um most important thing that we we're, were doing fine uh we're staying healthy that's for sure good um and driving each other crazy <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the club here <laughs>
3: that's part of the quarantine yeah <laughs>
2: Very nice.
0: Yeah. Noah, and Noah, you have a, obviously a different story, but you are, so So, give us a little bit of your background. You're, you're, you're in New York City now. You're born and you played your tennis in New York City. We, yes. Give us some of your history.
3: So actually born and raised in Long Island, New York, just about 25 minutes outside the city, very close to the National Tennis Center. Um, and I always, you know, I went to college and I traveled and did everything, but my love is New York and I can never see myself leaving. I mean, I've tried, I trained in Florida for some time with the USTA, went here and there, but my love is New York. And I've, uh, at the end of last year, I got injured and actually gave me some time to get a place in New York and find some time, which is actually worked out for this quarantine because actually I have a place to stay here now. So it's been good. But again, yeah, New York is my first love and I don't see myself ever leaving.
0: No, I'm who not only- the, Who is the guitar player? on the poster behind you. I can only see the hands. <laughs> and I like to go, Jimi Hendrix because of the clothes, but then no.
3: No. It's an no. early, early Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Early Rolling Stones, yes.
1: Noah, so we have Nick met bell? before. Uh, yeah. uh, I named my first born also Noah. So, uh, you know, your name really rings a bell. Uh, <laughs> we had a practice session with Djokovic uh, back in the day when I was coaching him. Yes, But as, as a real New Yorker, tell us, tell us the scene. I mean, lockdown New York is unimaginable. Uh, yes. You know, Fifth, Fifth Avenue and everything. How, how, how is the feel in the city? We've been listening to Governor Cuomo and I personally become a big fan of his. But, but from, from your words, what, what's New York like without people?
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, A lot of people. So New York City has not is not the city that we all know and love. Uh, You know, you talk about at nine o'clock at night when you see lights and businesses open, everybody's awake. It's mostly dark, and a lot of people have moved out to Long Island, like the Hamptons area or Florida. So that's where a lot of the city guys have gone at this point. So, but at the same time, here in Long Island. We're still New Yorkers. We're still stubborn. And I know that people, you know, if you're out, they can give you a misdemeanor and actually bring you to jail. That's kind oh, of wow. what they put in place. But we're still stubborn. And there's still too many people going to parks, still too many people trying to play tennis, which, believe me, we've all tried. But you know, this is kind of not the time to be doing that stuff. And there's still, like Ons was saying, there's still too many people outside trying to run around and enjoy the nice weather that we're starting to have. But you know, this is a new world that uh, I don't think we're used to at all still. And we're getting a little bit of that cabin fever.
1: I mean, you, 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 you sound you know, positive and everything. Are you worried? I mean, uh, uh, you know, you're you worried about your future. you worried when you can play tennis again?
3: I am. I am. I'm worried about... A few things. I'm worried about the state of society. You know, this is going to affect us without us knowing it. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, shaking somebody's hand in a few months from now. And then, you know, imagine having the U.S. Open with 100,000 people around you. So it's a weird world. I'm worried that tennis is going to have some major issues when we come back into, into the sport. And, and I'm worried society is going to have a lot of issues as well. So I'm, I'm hopefully we're going to be prepared for when that time comes.
0: Mm. I mean, Billie Jean King Tennis Center has turned into somewhat of a hospital, is is that correct? Do you know what the scenes are like at, at the tennis center?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about we had two thousand people in New York die yesterday. I mean, that is, I mean, these numbers are astronomical, and you know, you could talk about tennis, we can argue tennis, but then we also have to remember, I mean, this is two thousand people passing away in a single day, and you know, they're first responders, they don't know what they're doing. It's there's a lot of mayhem. There's not enough resources, food, water, and just living space. So that's why, um, you know, now U.S. Open is a haven. Um, for supplies and just rooms so it's it's an incredible scene and you know it's it's nice to have tennis as a little bit of the forefront of of helping people out on
1: this lockdown couldn't have come at a worse timing you're in the form of your life quarterfinalist in melbourne first arab woman to do so match points against halep beat pleshkova and now you're on a break how frustrated
2: are you honestly um I don't want to be frustrated. I mean, I always try to be positive in this situation. Um, there is a lot of things going on. Uh, maybe this is a good reason uh, for me to to stop maybe a little bit and work out more, kind of intro- improve a lot of things in me. Uh, so I'm trying to be positive. Um, it's not only me, it's a lot of players. Uh, let's see how the season is going to go. Honestly, I'm I'm doubting how they're going to put all the tournaments together um but I really, I'm trying to stay positive. Um, okay, I had a good run, but if I have it in me, I think I will still have it in a few uh, few months you know I believe in that
0: good point. attitude, I like it yes yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough situation. I, I wanted to start to talk a little bit about your tennis, but I think we're going to go straight into um Noah, I'm looking at your at your bio here, and obviously you're you're ranked i believe two hundred and twenty five right now in the world, uh, you've been as high as in, in just outside the top 100. Uh, $721,000 in career earnings. I mean, what, what happens to you? How, how are you doing financially with not being able to play? Not now, but maybe in two, three months. How, do, how do, are you going to approach this situation? Because can you tap into the unemployment, for example? I mean, tell us a little bit about your well, situation. I'm on this
3: podcast so I can, you know, get a little money for maybe the quarterfinals of the Australian Open for Mons. Maybe she can send me a Venmo or something. I don't know. We'll <laughs> <talk about that. laughs> but uh, no, um, you know, especially in the U.S., everything's different. I mean, I've been speaking to a lot of people, whether it's outside the U.S. as well, and they've had a lot of issues tapping into unemployment um, in New York. I actually have. Tapped into it now and just started, so I'm seeing how that works, and uh, you know, it's it's nice to have something coming in because, like you said, yeah, right now, especially with my injury and getting outside the top 200, especially, you know, there's basically no money coming in. Um, you know, I was fortunate that some of my better results were had at slams, where the money is, you know, 10 times the amount, let's say, at challengers or 250 events. So that has helped me stay afloat with also, you know, I didn't really travel with coaches too often. I, you know, I was doing a lot of it by myself. So, but I'm talking to my friends right now and within the next two, three, four months, they're going to be questioning how they're going to pay for rent or or their mortgage or whatever the case may be. So it's been, it's a really tough time and obviously I'm working with a lot of people to see what can be done or if this can just at least, Enable change in tennis to say, hey, we can't even help players, you know, at 150 in the world. When we're having these issues, there must be something wrong with the sport or the system itself. And you know, it's it's a struggle. It's a struggle to be in this situation. And uh, I have a lot of friends in the same ones. And you know, but luckily I am not the worst off. You go to somebody that has been 250 in the world for you know a couple of years now. You know, I've spent most of my career top 200 and gotten some money, but you know, somebody 250. They're already questioning how they're paying for rent, so it's a really difficult time right now.
1: In wow. fact, you got yourself a new flat. You're telling us so. Um,
3: uh, <laughs> uh, did, did, yeah, the, did, you know, this was at a better stage before the yeah. pandemic. I thought there was going to be a little more consistent money coming in, but uh, yeah, no, uh, did, we'll I'll see.
1: Man, did anybody of the ATP governing body contacted you and 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 your your, your fellow players ranked where you are? about insurance, about safety net, about how financially, how do we go forward?
2: (laughs)
3: They don't necessarily have to contact me. I'm sure I'm annoying them enough. Uh, You know, I've gotten enough. Right now, I have a group chat of about 125 uh, singles players right now in the ATP. Um, You know, there's 10 to 20 of them are inside the top 100. The rest are outside in the top 50. And just talking to them and just getting an overall consensus of what they're feeling and what's going on in their heads. I'm also talking to ATP, I'm talking WTA at times and you know talking to a few guys inside the world of tennis just seeing what we can do, brainstorming ideas of how to go about the situation and you know it's, uh, it's been disheartening, it's, it's been a tough time to see that if, you know this pandemic has highlighted so many of the issues within the world of tennis And it kind of masks, you know, I love this sport. I've dedicated my life to it. I think it, you know, all these issues, you know, they mask how beautiful and then, you know, insanely creative this sport can be. But there's too many moving parts. There's too many egos. And the lack of communication has really hurt this sport in many ways. Give us some of the brainstorming
1: thoughts you have with your 125 without spelling every secret and every opinion you have about us. And others. What is is your idea about changes? What what type of changes have to be done?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of players agree that this sport has become one of the least promotable and least fans friendly sports out of the top international sports that we have. And I think Ons can attest to this. I mean, you know, we've dedicated our life. We love the sport. But, you know, when we're playing, let's say, 250s or 500s and only having 20, 30 people watching our matches, that's a problem. And that shows that, you know, in a time like this, you don't have to tell me, I already know that the ATP can't supply me money because I had 20 people watching me play use first round of, you know, Washington, D.C. You know, that means that they're losing, let's say, X amount of dollars during that match. So, you know, these are concerns I've had for years now, but they're yeah. highlighted specifically highlighted during a time like this. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we can make some small changes. I'm hoping we can have, you know, a lot of what I'm looking for are team events that lead into Masters 1000s or Premieres and Grand Slams. Because to be honest, I don't think a lot of people necessarily care about 250s and 500s, and especially not challengers. I don't think that's where the money's at. I think team events are exciting. And I think for the traditional tennis fans, you still have Masters 1000s and Grand Slams. And, you know, you get new people involved. You have a more exciting, the shorter seasons and fans, you know, into it a little bit more. Um, I've seen a lot of issues and I've been really disappointed because, again, tennis brings around some of the most incredible people, some of the most influential people in the world and brands, and I don't think we've utilized it.
0: Hmm. Would you go – yeah, I know, Noah, I I mean, you have – you do your own little podcast and you – You've been quite vocal, um, I know, about how difficult it is to be a professional tennis player when you have <laughs> dreams and goals as a, as a junior and as a kid, and you win Junior Wimbledon, and it's mentally very, very taxing. Once you turned pro 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It said in the bio, is that true? 2006, two, 2010, 2011?
2: 2010, yeah. Well, I was still That's playing juniors, incredible. but playing a few tournaments in... Uh, started with the WTA in Doha and stuff, so I was, I was kind of playing a small tournaments. Uh, but then, I mean, I stopped playing juniors and, and more going into the pro. So, yeah.
0: I mean, you're only 25 years old. You've been on tour for... for how, how are you finding being on tour mentally? Obviously, with something like this happening, it kind of mm-hmm. tests... Your passion and your love for the sport, or the ranking, or money—whatever it is—you've been on tour for a long time. How 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 do you feel tennis? Are you still as fresh as ever, or or because this these days it's like a reality check?
2: Yeah. Well, I I mean, the beginning of the days—I mean, when everything started, I was kind of frustrated with the tournaments got cancelled. I mean like a month or before which was, I was like, like what's what's the reason to cancer right now we don't know the situation after but then i mean of course uh, no one thought that the coronavirus was was that serious at the beginning um but then, I mean, honestly, I will, I'm trying to stay positive in my whole life, either my personal life or my professional life, because, I mean, I, I don't have any control over the situation. So why should I get frustrated over something I cannot control, you know? Um, and um, as Noah was saying, I, I think I'm, I'm lucky enough uh, that this happened right now. I mean, after quarterfinal Australia Open, if it happened like two, three years ago, probably I will be in, in very, very bad situation. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I thank God for the, the, the opportunity. I had right now to play, at least Grand Slam, to play good in the past few tournaments. Um, I'm honestly looking forward for the season to start again, but I, I don't think, um, I mean, I have like um opinion about this season, uh, since Wimbledon is not going to, uh, yeah, I mean, since Wimbledon is not, is going to be cancelled, uh, French Open, I don't know how they're going to do it in September. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to start the season this year, uh, maybe start with uh, some uh, team tournaments, some tournaments for the players to be able to win some some money or uh, like team matches, at least they could play but no points and then start again the season next year um, in March and like for example, let's pretend that 2018 was never here, you know, and then don't start the Australian Open since we already played it this year and the other uh, tournaments in the beginning of the year, and then start from Indian ones where we everybody stopped. It's fair for the other Grand Slams, it's fair for the points and for everything, you know. So, um but I that, mean, that's, it's that's quite a long
1: break, though. Then you know, when you when you skip the rest of the year, we have April. You know, mm-hmm. it, it does get better mm-hmm. in Europe. You know, they're opening the. Um, the lockdown slowly in, in Germany and in Spain and Italy and everything. So life is coming back. I know in America, you're a couple of weeks behind us, but we feel like in, in June, July, you know, there, there uh, may be some possibility to have some sports.
2: Well, honestly, I think September is going to be <laughs> the the month where everybody was going to start because um yeah okay even if we start let's say july um what about the other tournaments what about the other grand slams if we cannot play just like two or three grand slams per year and and skip the other one how is it fair for the points um how is it fair for the other players plus if we even stay or play till october um the weather in europe is not good the weather in here in new york is not good in uh, in october so also it's challenging with the weather um Everybody, I mean, lost a lot of things. Uh, It's not a let's say um, we don't stop playing tennis. We come back playing tennis, but not with the ranking, you know. Just like uh, trying to, I mean, trying to gain back the money or whatever we we could we could uh, win. Um, But I mean, it's I mean honestly, I don't know how they're gonna do for for the ranking, especially for the ranking. I mean, for me, this is this Mm. is bad because I had no defending points right now till French Open. So for me, yeah. I'm kind of not good situation for me, but then for others it's good because they had defending, for example, Miami or Indian was, and okay, <laughs> it's gone now. What are they gonna do yeah. about it?
1: So, so um, I, mean, uh, I, I want to talk about something positive because obviously mm-hmm. this is a stressful time. You've been now on the tour for many years, Matt said, you know, 10 years ago, I can't believe it. You must've started at eight because you look so young. Um, why the breakthrough now? what what changed is it physically is it mentally strategically is your husband becoming a you know great coach now what is it
2: um it's a lot of things i mean i gained more experience uh, obviously and i think the attention of uh, of being and getting ready and because i mean i i beat already so many players in top 10 top 10 top 20. So um, I think last year I just uh, uh, had a small like uh, reunion with the, with the team and I told them, listen, this year I'm going to be top 20. And I okay. said, I'm going to be. You know, I'm not going to try. I'm going to be top ten, 20. And I know if I put something in my head, I'm going to do it. Um, I don't know. As you know, I have like a style of little bit different from the other girls with the slice drop shots. Um sometimes it's difficult to choose which shot to do. I that's, have a lot that's of the way we play, the
1: older guys. You play the <laughs> slide and drop shot, you know? Yeah, so you have yeah. a lot of
2: options in your head no, and you I, don't know what no, to I do. do. <laughs> I don't
1: know what they're
0: talking about. <laughs> What's what you just yeah. said? Noah, you're way more like me. No, Noah Noah is just shaking his head. I see him. I shaking my head. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Tennis <laughs> is about putting ball over the net, run. And make sure your opponent makes a mistake before you. That's
3: yeah, it. I just run a lot. I just chased down a lot of tennis <laughs> balls. <Sounds laughs> <easy. about it.
0: laughs> exactly. exactly. I play but, fast. But, but yeah, no, uh, because you are uh, because you are um, American. You you grew up in New York City. Where you have a different. I think you have a different situation, different take. New York City is a hot spot. How do you? What do you see? Uh, uh, the summer season. Can they play the U.S. Open? if Cincinnati is not played, uh, if Winston – I mean, wh- how yeah. how many weeks do we need of tennis before the Open?
3: Yeah, I just – you know, I don't see with tennis being as big of an international sport as it is and also relying on its fans. You know, one, I don't even know if it's possible to play tennis behind closed doors. I don't know if U.S. Open gets – you know, the revenue needed to pay for prize money and everything else. If we are playing behind closed doors, um, without spectators, So that's a very difficult situation, but I don't see tennis coming back until 2021. It just doesn't make sense right now without a vaccine, you know, we're going to hit strides within this coronavirus where they're saying that, you know, we can get the levels down and then there's a resurgence of it where we get it back up. If we don't have a vaccine, You know, they're finding out in Asia right now. No, this is what we were hoping they weren't going to find that there are enough people that tested positive a second time. We were hoping that once people got it, they can't get it again, which is finding out not to be true. And so... you're you're talking about a sport that brings people from around the world to one area and spectators to one area. It just doesn't make sense how a tournament like that can actually be played. And I know it's, you know, let's say three, four months away, and I get things can change. But a vaccine takes 12 to 18 months with everybody going full force, figuring it out. It seems like a really difficult situation. And that worries me. And I mean, that's like, that's my backyard as a tournament I played every year now. And to not have that, I mean, that's, that, that just, and, and that's, that has a lot of societal effects as well. I mean, that's what we live on in New York. We get excited for the U.S. Open. We all come together behind tennis, and that doesn't really happen too often in the, in the States. So to lose that, I think that's going to put a, a damper on just the fan base in the U.S.
1: But Noah, how do you think most players survive without next week's paycheck? I mean, you know, with all respect, the, the, the prize money you're making yeah. is not in, in the millions, you know, and, and you and most players are like you. How, how do you survive until... September. How do you survive the year? You can't even give lessons to anybody because you 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 can't meet anybody. So how 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 do you think that whole system called tennis tour is going to survive?
3: Uh, You know, I'm almost hoping that it hits rock bottom, and uh, that's a really tough thing to say. But I'm hoping because you know I've spoken to ATP and WTA before. And the urgency to change tennis and, and to make little changes here and there it hasn't been there. So I'm hoping that rock bottom almost like lights a fire under their butts and says, hey, we're in trouble. Other sports aren't in trouble as much as we are. Let's do something to change this to make sure that when we get back, we are hitting the ground running. Because you see this in you know, society, you see it in cultures that we have crazy times like this and societies either crumble or they evolve and they improve. And I think we really can improve if we put all the minds together. I mean, we have some of the most incredible minds in the world in the sport of tennis. And I think we can use everything together and the brands and all, you know, the affluential money that comes with it and and create something that's bigger and better than ever. But at the same time, you know, through the conversations I had so far, um, I'm worried. I'm worried about the state of tennis when we come back. I'm worried that we're not going to take the chances and we're just going to do little things here and there. But they're just going to be small band-aids that don't really fix what um, are obviously what I find obviously broken right now. And the problem is, you know, you speak uh,
1: the mind of many, but obviously, you know, the the big three have a different point of view. The top 20 have a different point of view. The top 60, because everybody enters the Masters, has a different point of view. So there are many different agendas on a tennis play.
3: Yeah, I I do agree with you. There's way too many egos and and communication flowing around. But I think the largest problem is we can't put our own agendas aside to see that once we work together and come together, there is a bigger pot for all all of us. We can all win, all working towards the common goal of growing tennis that on's instead of making, let's say, you know, $300,000 for quarters would make, you know, $2 million for quarterfinals. I think there's bigger pots to be had for everybody. You know, we're fighting everybody for that little piece. And I'm sure Grand Slams are sick of running tennis and being the one, you know, the one place where people make money. But again, I think we can look in the future and say, hey, if we, you know, take a cutback right now, work together, there is a larger pot of gold that we can all, you know, have a a bigger piece of. And, Mm. you know, that's something that you have to, you know, we have to get rid of these antiquated thoughts and, and, old, old thinking and traditional thinking a little bit and move into the future. And it's going to take, it's going to take guts. It's going to take people really coming together and saying, Hey, let's, let's go for this. Let's go for this. We have nothing to lose. I, I, you know, we're already losing tennis fans. We're already, you know, losing money. Let's take this chance.
0: But it's, I mean, it's, it's all really based on participation, right? It's all based on the amateur level where people go into the public parks and the courts and they play. And, and it's, I feel so organized these days. I mean, kids cannot even play tennis by themselves without the coach telling them what it is they need to do. So I think that the whole game needs to just grow from, from the bottom up. I mean, we can have the Federer's and the Nadal's all we want and no, but, but we really need um uh the the amateurs to come out but i mean once for you being from tunisia i mean you in tunisia right now can you walk around in the streets without being completely swarmed or you're recognized everywhere so you can change tennis in tunisia because i'm assuming you are a big star uh in tunisia already
2: honestly it's changing a little bit now uh and it's surprising because it started from uh, the time where, I, when I won the the French Open uh, in juniors, uh, people like a small, like kids are trying to to get more into tennis. Um, as everybody knows, is uh, football is the sport of uh, every nation, you know. So everybody playing football, but now people are trying to play more and more tennis. And uh, inspired, you know. And I think, uh, as I said before, if because um, we have a hard time to believe that. Okay, to become a pro, to be to be in the top hundred, top fifty, it's difficult. But um, I proved that I, I could do it, and I've been practicing my whole life in, in Tunisia. Uh, Malek Jaziri also was top top fifty before in uh, ATP. So it's uh, we could we could be there. And um, honestly, we don't have like the the let's say the best um, uh, gyms or courts in Tunisia. But we we are trying right now to to inspire a lot of young generations. Uh, to to be there to to achieve their dreams and um, I think maybe one day we could we could be able to do that um, I will be happy to share my experience uh, one day uh, maybe in like a, let's hope my, my my career will be longer than uh, than 25 and um, and I mean honestly I'm looking forward to um, to to be able to give a lot of advice to this young generation you know
1: you are uh, named the Arab Sportswoman of the year last year. Congratulations. So you have a powerful mm-hmm. voice in, in your community. So um, how is the Tennis Federation work in Tunisia? You have close contact with them. You know, you, you, is, is there a new tennis you know, center? Is there a new tennis movement because of you now?
2: Well Unfortunately, not everything is uh, with the federation The federation they helped me a lot from before i 'm uh, in good terms with the, my federation um, it 's the government who decides for the budget, for the courts okay. for everything so um, it 's kind of debate with the government so um, i mean in every <laughs> in every uh, country, when you do something good, everybody want to come, take a photo, but then when you really need them for something. Uh, for me now, I don't. My problem is not just like the the budget for me or for my team because I'm good. I'm playing good yeah. right now. But for me, it's like the where we practice because now uh, we don't. Our federation they don't own the court right now. It's it's I it's see. the government. And plus, we we need to really take, take like be separate. Like for example, in France or or any other country, we need to have our own federation. And honestly, well, that's what we're trying to achieve right now. Um, our president of the the federation, she's, she's a member uh, in, with the ITF, uh, so also she's trying to uh, to fight hard to have uh, more money to we can build our own federation so we could practice there, we could be able to uh, see like, um because now if I want to go to the course we are sharing with the community, yeah, like with the community, it's not the federation, the, locals, yeah. the course, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's also, this is difficult and it's kind of frustrating because we cannot prove that we can be with the pros and we have a lot of good, good like, uh, young, young uh, generation trying to play good. Um, they're in four, 400, 500, especially in guys. Uh, girls, I'm trying to push uh, some girls behind me to, to come and uh, and be able to be uh, better ranked at the, at the WTA. But I think, I mean, we could do it. If we have this kind of um, uh, equipment and and, and we we are doing good but then if we have more uh, courts gyms i think we could do better
1: yeah no i have a question from uh, you from a women champion to another you are the junior champion in 2014 uh oh. why you didn't make the champion in the top 100 yet what is the big difference really in the juniors and in the mans from your yeah, point
3: you, of view i don't know you tell me <laughs> no. well
1: no i want to hear from you
3: yeah um yeah, I think it's been very difficult yeah. for me to carry momentum. Um I've won now four challenger titles yeah. and every time after winning a challenger title I've lost either first round or second round or you know I uh you know I got to uh, quarters of DC yeah. and then the next week I I couldn't continue so I, you know a lot of it for men's especially it's about continuing momentum. It's about taking that challenger title and turning it into three and then turning into like a quarterfinal again. So putting a lot of tournaments together have been difficult, whether it's, you know, my mental, you know, I just get drained and tired or Mm -hmm. I play a very physical style of tennis, which I I can't keep up for, you know, two weeks straight yet. I haven't been able to, you know, that seems to be kind of the overall theme for me right now. And, you know, when I got to 125 in the world of my high, I just couldn't find a way to put, you know, at that point, a lot of people don't understand you need another two, three challenger wins just to get to 95 in the world from there. Yeah. So, you know, not making any excuses by any means, but it's just been a very difficult um, thing for me to string along three, four tournaments together. I just find myself a little too wavy and not consistent play. So, Mats, maybe that's your question. How did you do it? You've
1: been a, you've been a marathon man. You've been running Every week, down everybody else. So, how, how did you do
0: it? How did I? <laughs> uh, how did I do it? I chose to not play the juniors the, on my 18th year and uh, win the French Open for the men's before I was okay. 18. Boris, you beat me. You were even younger than me, so you literally grew up on the Wimbledon Centre Court. Um, I'm not sure how you do it. It's so much more physical today than it was in the '80s. I think it's obviously mental, but but physically there is. But I have a a, a question for, for both of you because Noah, I've, I I percent hear what you're saying about you got to win a couple of challenges and you grow, grow some confidence. I think what people don't understand out and if you look at the professional golf tour, you have a guy ranked 250 in the world, and he can literally go in and threaten and win the Masters of the U.S. Open, or he's within two shots. In tennis, the guys that are ranked two to three hundred, like yourself, you guys are much closer in level to the best players in the world. But because of the the scoring system and so on, it's very difficult to to maybe beat somebody like a Novak Djokovic because – i'm not sure what it is is it maybe time to figure out a scoring system or some way where you can have be 200 in the world and still threaten to win major you know what i mean it's it's it seemed oh there's nobody there federer nadal Djokovic. they're so much better than everybody i'm like no they're not they are at the end of the match but if you look at the way you hit the ball noah or Uns compared to the best women you guys are so good and close. I feel we need new faces. We need to not be physical marathon machines to win a tennis match anymore. The skill level is so, is this a good time to change rules, maybe?
3: Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely can be. Um, you know, the few times I had the opportunity, I mean, I was fortunate enough to play Federer at the Australian Open a few years ago. And, you know, again, it doesn't feel like there's that much of a difference. Um, Obviously, he's better and he does things very, very well. But you go into this and you're like, do I have what it takes to not only win two sets off this guy, but to win a third? And for the most part, especially comparing the young, you know, the next gen to, you know, the guys, the top three and the Wawrinkas of the world. To beat them in three out of five sets is a hell of an undertaking. I mean, you're asking.
1: why, Why? Why? I want to know why.
3: And we we actually I was speaking to my friend about this and um you know we actually attested it to the short attention spans of this generation. That was the first <laughs> thing that we talked about. I
1: love your honesty.
3: Yeah, we you know, like
1: it.
3: you know, I I I literally, I mean, we have to on Instagram or anything, our videos are only 10 seconds long because that's all we are focused, and then we swipe to the next thing. And you know, we're thinking about it. You could play really good tennis and you can string two sets together you know, within three sets, you know, two out of three match. But once you're asking to put three sets together, you know, it becomes difficult. You lose that focus. You lose that ability to play that, you know, focus tennis for let's say three, four or five hours. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, the past generation has over us that, you know, they don't even bat an eye. This is something they're very used to doing. And that's why I think it's been so difficult for the next gen to take over at the grand slam level. So I think for fans and for players, you know, it would be cool to have kind of a different format. So you would think I mean, it's, it's more
1: of a mental be... problem than a physical or, or technical?
3: I think it's, well, it kind of goes hand in hand. It's that mental ability to say, it's a mental ability to say, physically, I have what it takes. That yeah. I, you know, I feel that I'm tired. I'm sure the, you know, the guys at the top, the Djokovic, the Federer, they get tired. But they're so used to yeah. playing past that threshold because they can mentally fight themselves.
2: Hmm. For the
3: Ben guys, they might feel tired, fight past it once. And then once they get there, they're like, okay, you know, that's all I got mentally in me. When these guys have been doing it for so long, and I just don't think we have what it takes right now. Um, and I think it takes some time to get there, but again, you know, I don't know if we can change at the grand slam level, but like, you know, we had the next gen finals that did the three out of five, no ad sets of four. It's kind of exciting. It's quick. It's fast. You have everybody going for it. And, uh, you know, I have some negative connotations with three out of five sets anyway, um, you know, I, I find too many guys are tanking sets and tanking games, and that's bad for you know tennis itself. So uh, I already have some you know negative on that end of it. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Hans, what, what what's your opinion about changing the the scoring system? You yeah. know, on the on the women's side, obviously you play two out of three. Uh, should they play three out of five? Uh, well, hopefully, you say no. Um, no. What, what, what's your <laughs> take on it? <laughs>
2: Sorry. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I think the um, for the guys uh, three five sets. They um, at the beginning I think it saved a lot of uh, great players like uh, Rogers, Natal. They start with the two sets to love, and I think if uh, they didn't have five set, they. Uh, it wasn't like a lot of uh, slams for them. So um, for for a, for one moment, it's good for them, and for the other, I mean, it's long. Honestly, it's long, and sometimes um, when it's five sets and it's just like uh, every guy's winning their their serve, um, sometimes it's boring, you know. <laughs> so maybe it's it's good to uh, maybe to change it a little bit. But I'm not I'm not sure if it's, it's that's possible for the guys or not. Um, I think for the girls it's um, for me speaking, it's enough three sets. <laughs> I don't want more. Um, but maybe no, I told you to try the drop shot now. The marathon is not good. I told you, man. <laughs> from the beginning. Drop shot is
3: always drop shot me. But uh, I'm actually curious to hear from you guys. You know, how about doing a three out of five starting in like the quarterfinals? Is that something you guys would be on board with? Uh, something like that you know where you still have it for you know the matches that we all want to see being three out of five those classic matches and you know I just don't think you know for TV sake for fans sake that three out of five in the first round is ideal I'm curious if you know if you guys have thought about that.
0: Mats you go first. So if you can I'd like to say that there is a reason why we are talking about Nick Curious all the time and is, he is very talented. Can he win a major if he works harder? On and on and on. Well, we know Nick is very interesting to watch playing tennis. Why are we not allowing somebody with that talent and that skill level give him a chance? Because I think what we're missing in tennis is we are missing new faces. We need new faces. We need uh, you, Noah, winning tournaments. And uh, we need you to have a chance to beat Roger Federer on a Senate Court Strain open. How do you do that? Well, you most probably play no ad scoring. You most probably play shorter matches. I agree 100%. Make the matches shorter early in Grand Slams because it's much easier to beat a great player in the first few rounds in two out of three sets. How does participation uh, grow in the world of tennis and the public courts of America? I think at some point Roger Federer's face winning everything in Nadal and Djokovic, it's not going to make people feel like I have a chance to make it as a pro tennis player. So I think we need now to change the scoring system on the ATP Tour, Grand Slam tournaments maybe stay the same, but the ATP Tour has a golden chance, like the Next Gen, to do something uh, for the short attention span players, <laughs> like uh, the uh, players in the mid twenties, Noah. <laughs> but I agree with you.
3: Yeah, we're guilty. Of Go it. ahead.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I'm a little bit torn because uh, uh, I'm more of a conservative uh, uh, tennis wise otherwise i'm a very liberal democrat thinking man um i just feel that you know the great matches we remember were usually over five sets whether there was the sure. first round or the final i'm with you i think the top guys are very protective with the current system starting with this with the seated you know in our days we had 16 pairs seated so you could play in the first round, the number 17 player in the world, which you know, you're troubled with. And then it was a f- fantastic match. Nowadays, everybody, you know, the, the top 32 are seated. Um, so, and I also find, you know, tennis is one of the the original sports where it's man against man or woman against woman, you know. The stronger will survive. And I find that, you know, I, I always take pride, and I'm talking to Matt, one of the fittest guys of all time, of out-muscling somebody over four or five hours. I, I take pride in it. And it when it's a shorter match, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, the, the element of luck is more involved or good call or bad call. You don't really get lucky or unlucky over three out of five unless it's really, you know, a typical match. So, I hear you. We have to give younger players in you know, new phases more chances. But it's it's a weird time because I don't think there's a guy like Roger Federer ever playing again in the future, and and I would include Rafa and, and Italy and, and Novak as well. So this is a, a weird time. We have three players that dominant over the you know period of ten, twelve, fifteen years. On the women's side, ons it's been a up and down uh, situation with the world number ones. So you have every Grand Slam a new Grand Slam winner pretty much. So so is is yeah. that better? Does a Grand Slam win makes you you know, a, a bigger face, a, a bigger name. So I, I have my doubts in that as well. You know, I'm, the truth is always in the middle. The truth is always in the middle. And and yeah. you have to
2: you have to change the
1: rules now and then.
2: Well, honestly, there was a um, uh, lot of like, um, not, not tennis players, they're talking, uh, there is always a new face uh, in uh, WTA and they don't like it, you know. I'm not sure yeah. if they're going to like it in the ATP. So everybody is uh, critical about it. And now some people, they want to change it. So it's like 50-50. And exactly, also, the yeah. other question is if, I mean, Roger, Nadal, Djokovic and many other players, they, they made it. They were younger also. They were like 17, 18, but then they, they played five sets and look at them now. They're winning a lot of Grand Slams. So if they did it, why this young generation cannot yeah. do the same? That's, I mean, honestly, that's my question, you know.
3: Instagram yeah, ruin no, everything. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I think you guys are right but, but I
0: mean we're going to boys we're going to have to let these guys go here at some yeah. point but, but last last thing I, I just want you guys to to know you can start what 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 are you, I mean, are you trying to find a public tennis court when no one's watching or are you volleying against the wall or, I mean, how, how do you, I call my, te- I have a tennis club with three indoor tennis courts and I call it my sanitarium. If I don't play tennis every other day, I lose my mind. So what's the mindset, Noah, for you if you begin?
3: Yeah, I mean, you can only find private courts right now. All public courts are closed. All clubs are closed and locked down right now. Um, I've taken to the streets. You can go on my Instagram. I've taken literal serves on the streets where I get guys catching my serve. So that's the best I can do right now. I'm itching just to play tennis and practice. I mean, I just, I always love practicing and just hitting a ball. That's all why we started playing. So i am losing my mind just a little bit especially since i just got a shipment of new tennis rackets that i'm staring at right now and it's paining me brand new rackets, strung from roman in new york and i don't know what to do so my neighbors aren't happy i'm hitting balls at their house and that's the best i can do right now
0: <laughs> great once how how where are you like with your hands and your talent you must be Dying to not Honest, just juice your head. Honestly,
2: <laughs> I'm more the lazy type than <laughs> than like Noah. You know, <laughs> I I, like can, boys, I can survive but you without it. more talent. Sorry, Sorry? that's Maybe like that's boys. I,
0: the more lazy, the more <laughs> talent you have. That's my point. I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm like not going Noah. crazy
2: because I'm not playing. But I mean, I'm I for sure miss tennis. Uh, but uh it's okay. I can wait a little bit. Not not hit the ball uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> But uh I mean honestly I'm I'm trying to, to watch a little bit of tennis right now, uh which is amazing. But I'm also I'm not the type of player who watch a lot of tennis like some, some other players. I'm I'm impressed with some players that could stay twenty four hours watching tennis. I mean honestly I'm not I can't. <laughs> Sometimes I like to watch different sports. Uh I love football so much, so I, I try to change it up a little.
3: I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <Sure. laughs>
0: Nice. All right, boys. You are you boys. We're gonna let these two go, and they go yeah. for a run in Central Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Boris was nice to Noah Owens. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being part of the Legends podcast on Eurosport. Uh, we will follow your your path towards uh, towards the next step in professional tennis. Wish you good luck with your health stay home be safe um again thank you both for for being uh being with me and Boris any last words for Mons and Noah want to give the world
3: oh now the pressure's on uh yeah come on <laughs> no <laughs> thank you so much for uh having us on I was that was amazing and I'm uh, really excited to see what we all can do together to help uh, train, change the sport for the better Good.
2: Yeah. The last thank word you for having to us, a
1: woman. Guys. Come on on. <laughs> Sorry. Last word always to a woman.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys for having us. It's um, honestly it's an honor for me uh, to be able to talk to you. And uh, I mean, hopefully, yeah, the change will be uh, will be better soon. Uh, we can. Uh, I hope we can find solution for everybody because I've been there. I've been in two hundred, three hundred, and uh, I know what the situation is like. Um, but I'm uh, honestly, hopefully, we could we could uh, change this. Uh, the world better and I'm um, looking forward for the season to, to start again. Let's see when.
1: Nice last word. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. the word is yours. No, it's it's great, these conversations, you know, because we are used to talking to the Grand Slam winners and this and this, but this is not the majority. I really like listening to Noah and because they have a different perspective. I, I like their language skills. I am missing with some of the top players, you know, they. They they speak not as good. So that's important maybe to practice now because you talk about you know, new names, new faces, well, you, you, have to, you have to act like one as well. And I was really impressed with uh, you know, the, the, the new ideas from, from uh, Noah and from us. Uh,
2: yeah. Thank you.
0: Very nice. Well, I just want to close down with Boris. Thank, thank God it, this didn't happen in the 80s and 90s when we played because there's no mobile phones. So the short attention span problem, we do not have. There's no Zoom either, so we would have not had this conversation. So uh, if this was to happen, this is a good time. Guys, thank you. Good luck. Be safe. Stay healthy. Um, Stay home for somebody, as they say, the new movement. Uh, be careful when you do run into people and we will see you down the road. No one on. Thank you so much, Boris. Always a pleasure. You. Uh, you guys have uh, and enjoy the rest of the day. Selling a little or a lot?